Welcome to Out of the Float, where float centers thrive. Our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers, and where we love it when you join us together as we raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us at Art of the Float. Visit artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, all that good stuff. I'm your co-host, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm. I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville, and tonight we are... Closing out our four-episode arc with John McKenzie, uh, Amy and Lance's business coach, and uh, it's had it's been a pleasure having him on the last three weeks, and I'm really excited to jump into our final episode here and talk about uh, employees and um, more importantly, em- employee employee. <laughs> excuse me, totally botched that. I'm really excited to talk about employee employer evaluations when to hire new employees. Uh, as well. This is something that uh, is definitely a hot topic at the float shop. We just completed our employee evaluations. So I'm excited to learn from John about this and what we can do better next year. Or should they even be annual every couple years? Something tells me uh, John will have the answer to that. So uh, let's get into that. Uh, before we do, I also just want to shout out to ProFloat and for everybody who's supporting us through purchasing through Plo- <laughs> purchasing through ProFloat. We really appreciate it. Uh, every time you do go through artofthefloat.com forward slash ProFloat and purchase through them, just a few shekels come our way and it helps keep us afloat and uh, keeps this, this podcast chugging along. And we do have a few other projects that we're working on, and we're excited to make some announcement on no, announcements on that very soon, uh, including uh, some some changes to the photography, which you may already be aware of as the airing as of the airing of this episode. <clears throat> so let's get started here. Uh, John, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I mean, where do we start with employee employer employer uh, evaluations? Where Where do you want to start with this? Well, it's a pretty exciting topic. <laughs> um, most most people just don't do them. Yeah. Um, congratulations on going through yours. Well, um, as a small business, I mean, you're spinning so many so many plates. It's so easy to let that fall by the wayside. We certainly have in the past. Well, small businesses don't do it, but neither do big business. Huh. And when they, and if they do it, um, it's usually fought with um, conflict because it's money involved, and um, they can be 30 pages long. It, it's just craziness. Um, so what I like to do on performance reviews is is link some of the things on your job description and link some of the things on your culture statement. Um, so I've come up with some forms, but I'll go through what's involved in some of this. Um, first, show your employees the a blank first so they know how they're being appraised so they know it's not as if they see it filled out in front of them for the first time that it's not going to go well mm-hmm. but if they know ahead of time like six months ahead this is what your review looks right, like right. here's here's how it's structured they're a lot more comfortable with that a lot more comfortable makes sense so um and so the basic information should be on there uh who the employee is period covered, uh, and the frequency of it, and the manager's name. And the manager should give it, if you've got a manager in between your employees and yourself, they should give, the direct manager should give the review, and you should review the manager. Okay, cool. Uh, Simply because the more you're removed from that employee, the less 
they think you know about what they actually do. Um, Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, uh, it's hard for an owner to look at what an employee actually does because things change and you can't keep up with every job. And so what they mm -hmm. do is make adjustments. Now, uh, if you've done the job description properly, the results of what matters. So maybe some of the tasks have changed. So some of the things have changed. Maybe they've sure. combined some jobs. Who sure. knows? But really, it's the manager they report to daily that knows the most about what they actually yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then have a key to the rating scale. In other words, what do you mean by your rating scale? Um, so the one I do is exceptional performance. If you classify them as exceptional in a, in a, on a topic, it's unique and exceptional accomplishments. That's the highest you can get. Some people I know just give all fives. It's easy, everybody's happy. Right. However, when you wanna fire them, not so good. Right. Um, above average performance, clearly and consistently above what is required. Uh, average performance consistently meets the requirements of the job in all aspects. That's what you're probably going to give the most of. Below average, sometimes acceptable but not consistent. Unsatisfactory, does not meet the minimum requirements of the job in this area. So that's what you mean. Now you can have a different scale, but please explain it to the staff sure. member so they understand it. And if you've got more than one person giving reviews, then in fact, try to bring them together so each one understands it. Um, the weirder the scale is like one to 10, somebody will give all eights, another person will give all sixes and they'll mean the same right. thing. Cool, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So um, after that, here's some of the optional parts that some people use, but mm, I don't mostly, but uh, the section where employees summary of their past appraisal, how they think they did, um, list what you consider your primary job duties, describe your contributions, successes, and goal achievements <laughs> or improvements, and things like that. So they get input into it. Why is uh, it important for an employee to evaluate themselves? Um, you get an idea of the job they think they're doing, mm -hmm. and that's important because they, they may think they're doing a great job. Um, the first one's going to be difficult because the goals and your uh, job description are easy. But when they fill out what have you actually achieved, what successes you've had, and what impro improvements you've made in your job since the last appraisal. Those are hard questions to answer. And it's interesting to see how they answer it. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes I'll leave that in. It depends on the business. Uh, and some owners, I mean, this is just uh, a blank, basically. They can edit it any way they want. The other is uh, the manager summary of past appraisal period. I almost n never do this myself. And it's the same thing. It's the same questions you ask from manager's point of view. And that's where the conflict comes in, so I, I rarely ever use that. But some people do. And so it's, it's there as optional. But when I get really into it, I get um, things like employee performance factors. This section describes the employee performance on specific factors. 
And this is where we get in, like job knowledge. Okay? Mm -hmm. How's their job knowledge? And it's, you explain what you mean by job knowledge, understands job duties and responsibilities, has necessary job skills and knowledge, understands and operates equipment, understands and promotes department mission and values, values, keeps current with new development. How do you rate them? On the scale that we said. Most of it is going to be average. Because they meet, they meet everything. They, the exceptional ones are exceptional. So that's just one example. And you can add comments on what you really mean by that. Uh, and some examples. So I, I have these like job knowledge, dependability, like meets commitments, works independently, accepts accountability, adapts well to change, stays focused under pressure, meets time and attendance requirements, quality of work, attentive uh, to detail and accuracy, makes ethical decisions. Again, a reference back to values or culture. Uh, recognizes that making continuous improvements is a key to meeting customer needs, owns and acts on quality problems, problem solving and initiative. This is really important because I find that graduates nowadays have not been taught problem solving skills. Mm. And that's why they go and they say, what do you think about this? And are always asking for input because <laughs> they really don't understand. They don't have the methodology to solve problems. And, um, and that, that's a taught thing. That's a skill. You can actually teach it. So, Interesting. Um, hey, John. Yeah, and some of the, yes? I'm so sorry to interrupt, but do you have any uh, recommendations for learning how to teach those skills? Because it is, mm -hmm. it is an, an issue, not a huge one with us, but something that I would love to be able to do better. Do you have a book or a recommendation for that? Um, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> let me think. It's, it's a good what question. I do is I take uh, an issue, a real issue in the business, huh. And I ask the right questions and guide them through uh, because most of them act on symptoms, not the problem. Gotcha. And so they, they never solve the problem. They put a Band-Aid on a symptom. But the problem is usually two levels deeper. And so I, I guide them through that and they get to answer the questions. And so if they ask themselves the same questions, then they're more likely to solve the problem but most don't. They solve the issue, and the problem keeps on coming back okay. time and time again. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes I, I'll just do it two or three times, and I teach some of the managers to do that too, or the owner. So problem solving anticipates and prevents problems, defines problems, identifies root cause. That's critical. Overcomes obstacles. Sometimes it's hard to solve those. Generates alternative solutions. Uh, helps implement process improvement, uses data in decision-making. So that's problem-solving and initiative. But you see, the way I structure it is I explain what I mean by those titles mm -hmm. and what's involved in them so they absolutely understand what I'm talking about. Communication is, is, a, is a value or a culture, part of your culture or value. So that can be in there. It's really key to put some of that stuff in there. Are they really living it? By communication listens effectively, is approachable, willing and sharing information, seeks to clarify and conf confirm the accuracy of their understanding of unfamiliar or vague terms, makes oral and written communications clear and easy to understand. How many people don't do that? Um, maintains confidentiality, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Now, a little bit different on your culture statement, but this is more of the implementation of it in a business sense. 
where the culture statement and values is more ethics-based. Then teamwork, productivity and effectiveness, and performance summary. And as a summary, where would you rate them? So that's what I go through. And then um, I do a, an employee summary of the next appraisal period. In other words, what goals and objectives? This is a plan that we come up with together, really. Okay. What goals and objectives should we meet uh, before the next uh, appraisal period? And this can alter your job description goals, too, okay. at the same time. Um, uh, include any obstacles in achieving those things and suggest possible solutions like training, development, whatever it takes. For instance, maybe they need to be able to read financials. Just pick one out of the sky, but they don't know how, so you have to teach them what's important. Okay. Um, so that's the end goal is to read financials. You have, there's some things about them they just don't understand, so you teach them. And you know, we, That's identifying a problem. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about this uh, in a previous episode, but you know, you were, you were very adamant about how money and raises should not necessarily be tied to performance. And mm-hmm. I know for us, one of the things that we have done, uh, to give a real life example of, of basically what you've been saying over and over again, when we hire someone, they're hired at a certain rate. And we tell mm-hmm. them you get a uh, X amount raise once you can perform front desk duties. And there's a list that they that gets checkmarked. And when they check it off, and then they have to have the person evaluating sign it off. So when that list is full, then we then they get their raise. And then there's a tank room raise. And so mm-hmm. usually we tell them, yes, you're starting off at this rate, but if you get through this list and it's satisfactory, then probably within four weeks, you're going to be up to this amount. Uh, so, yes. uh, you know, usually, and then, then that's when we end the probation period. We say we give a probation period of, I think it's six weeks, but you can be through it faster. And at that point, we'll talk and make sure everybody's happy and we'll move forward from there. But it sounds like this time with goals, uh, this might be the opportunity to really talk about hey, you know, is there another thing you want to take on? Is there something you're really interested in? Um, So what do you need to do to learn that job? What are the steps to take? And then once you hit these requirements, then we can talk, then then you can get X amount of raise. Does that kind of sound like, basically, is that where you're at in this process? Is that what the goal time is always for? Or... or That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you can take... Um, for instance, uh, how often do you hear, I've been here a year and I haven't got a raise? Yeah. <clears throat> They're linking time and money, yeah. uh-huh. but they haven't increased their value to you. So if you can link money to accomplishments or level, levels of knowledge or abilities, they choose whether or not they want to go to that, that next level. And they can't really complain about money. Unless you're unwilling to train them, that's all. Right. I, and I like honest, oh, go ahead, Amy. I was gonna say, and honestly, uh, we talk about that when we are hiring someone. It's like, what other skills do you have? What can you bring to the table? And so, some examples that we've given some raises for is we have some people who have taken over a lot of social media responsibilities. So there was amount of money tied to that, and we're getting, and we just had somebody um, take over being on call and fixing things in the float room and the tank room. Mark has trained them, mm-hmm. and as of December, I forget what the date. Um, as as of that date, 
they are now at another pay raise because they are now at that point willing to be on call. If um, someone cool. says, hey, the shower head just broke, that's hmm. the person. Now everybody knows this is the person that you call, not Mark, this person. And then if he has issues, he can call Mark. Um, but those are just a few examples of what, what we've done. And we've actually hired people based on, yes, this is something I'm interested in. It's like, oh, they're going to they, they look like they're interested in taking over that project. That's something down the road that we can that we can uh, push them towards. Absolutely. Um, I can talk about team goals. That brings the team together. But the reality is at the link money to accomplishments or abilities. And it takes time out of it. And they're just being lazy. If um, I've been here a year and I deserve a raise or you promised me a raise. But I, I they, have haven't a increased their, they haven't increased their value. I had employees say... I need more money. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't believe that because that was a personal, that was trying mm-hmm. to get at my heart on, on like a personal level as opposed to what are you doing to earn that money? With that exactly. being said, I didn't have a clear, this is when you get a pay raise or these are the goals that you need to hit like you're describing, mm-hmm. John. So yeah. uh, it certainly is on me. If you uh, do that, it'll be a lot clearer to the person. And the people working for you, will increase their value to your business and drive your business. So that's performance reviews. Um, You can Google all kinds of them, but you really should include some of the values to make sure they're living those values and the goals that they had like productivity and things like that and how they're doing. They're generic. They don't have to mention the actual numbers, but they're generic and it lists what you actually mean by that. So how are they doing against their their particular goals and accomplishments. Okay, uh, so that's basically uh, performance appraisals. I like to do one uh, probably in the um, probation period, just before it's up, and maybe six months and then annually after that, and you can stagger them so they're not done all at once. Uh, so you might have one every quarter if you've got three people working for you or five people, you know, just throughout the year, stagger them. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Nice. That mm-hmm. takes some of the stress off for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who looks forward to a week of yeah. performance reviews? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> just And then, and then they get compare and complain about it. So no, just do them individually throughout the year. Cool. Nobody will, nobody will come around and say, well, how'd you do? How'd you do? Interesting. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have the same gossipy effect. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are there any questions about that or does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to, I want to add something else real quick. Uh, you know, one of the things that John has done for us, you know, as, as our coach, uh, he has actually done, he, he is, he has gone to our employees and helped them do a review of Mark and I. So, you know, we're talking about reviewing employees, but how about the opposite way? Talk about employees. How often should we ask employees how we're doing or how should we go about that? Mm-hmm. That's always interesting. I call it the employee interviews. And it's not a 360 evaluation. That's a more formal thing. But what I do, I either go and talk to them directly and interview them or I send it, the questionnaire out to them and they send it back to me. They, they get a... Uh, a self-addressed envelope or some 
way that I can't tell who it was. Sometimes they volunteer and put their name on it, but mm. anyways, it has to be anonymous or the option of being anonymous. Three questions I asked them. I said, I, I want the job. Generally, they do. If that takes away their anonymity, then I, I scratch that. But first real question is, tell me three things you like about working here. And the people are great, communication's great, and they usually all the motherhood things, which, which allows them then to say the negative things. Nice. It gives them carte blanche to do that. <laughs> uh, so the next question is three things you don't like about working here. Yeah. And sometimes those are tough to listen to. John, do you? I never. Sh do we also give this to them ahead of time as well, or do we want to ask them these questions on the spot? Um, if. Um, if I'm interviewing in person, they're going to know. They have to set up interview times with me. Mm -hmm. But they're all afraid until the first one comes out of the room. And I always tell them, go out of the room and look like you've just been yeah, beat up. I like and that. Mess your hair up and everything else. Yeah, sweating. And as a joke, yeah. Maybe a, maybe a tear so, if you can work it up. Get yeah. some of the Epsom salts in your eye. But, but I yeah. mean, do they ask, do they know what those questions are? So they know they're... Let me think about three things or because I, what I found with my interviews was like they go, oh, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything or maybe here's one thing. But I'm curious if it would be beneficial to, for them to have a week or a month to think about yeah. it and go, oh, yeah, that's right. I, you know, I wouldn't have thought about it in the moment of the interview, but in the moment of it happening, this is the thing. And I'm going to add that to the list. Actually, I get the honesty in the spur of the moment. OK. Um, if they have too long to think about, they think about the politics and they uh. think about the ramifications and all <laughs> They overthink it. Okay. Um, the <laughs> ideal is, I did one recently, uh, they had 60 employees and I sent out surveys. Uh, and I think 43, 44 of them came back. And that's, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, and it really identified some areas because the next question I ask is three things you don't like. And then the third question I ask is, if you were the CEO or the owner, what one thing would you change? Amazing answers on that. Huh. Dang. Mm -hmm. Can't wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do those surveys anytime. Um, hmm. And any other comments. But uh, those are the three questions. And keep them simple, and you'll be amazed at some of the answers you're going to get. The first three are always about communication, great people, blah, blah, blah. And then you get into the meat of it, right? Especially the one thing you change. That's the most important thing to them. And I'll be honest, I think uh, the best thing for us and the, the thing that made it really easy because we are a small office, we don't have a lot of employees to make them feel safer. Having John as intermediary, he received the information, he gave it to us. We didn't know who was saying what because, you know, John covered it up and and uh, basically gave us the information, the basic information. And I think, mm -hmm. John, you're available to hire to do that sort of thing, correct? For sure. To, to work yeah. on that. So uh, I, I basically summarize. Yeah. I don't show the individual answers. It is val it's hard, but it was probably one of the most valuable thing we, things we did. So uh, if you're interested in that, I highly, highly recommend um, contacting John and seeing what what you can do because it changes it changes everything and it might even change the way 
that you serve your clients and the way, uh, you know, make your, make your business even better. Thank you, Amy. I'm probably going to try and make it down, down to Nashville in March. That <laughs> dinner for sure. That's right. That's right. You, can, you can pay me that. <laughs> there you go. It's true though. Um, um any, yeah, anyways, the, those, difference. those questions amazed at the answers. Uh, we got 40 some odd replies. Um, and we got some pretty interesting things and it can be a reflection on management or let them know where the problems are. Um, sometimes it can be hard. I try and summarize it. So what I try and do is identify trends. So the good things they like about working here, let's reinforce that stuff. And the things that they don't, the trends, you try and take care of the individual uh, bitching going on mm -hmm. between, uh, and that's not male or female, that's to anybody, uh, that's really unique. And look at the trends, and you really want to fix those trends, the negative things. And the one thing, sometimes we, we overlook that, and it's really simple. And we had three things come out of that survey that one thing to change, and it was major. Hmm. It, was, it created, it affected revenue, and it affected employee retention oh, in wow. a lar large way. Amazing. Fascinating. Yep. Fascinating. So uh, those three questions really help. And that's can be part of the review also. Um, now they've got a voice, you see? So mm -hmm. as long as they see things actually being done, the frustrating thing in some companies is they've got suggestion boxes or a virtual suggestion box, and they don't see the end, it disappears. So if you're gonna interview them, um, show them the summaries, not what they said, but the summaries, and what you're gonna do about it. And Wow, that really works. That's amazing. Crazy. Excellent. And John, is there anything else that you want to add to this before we wrap up today's episode? I, I think that's enough to chew on. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm surprised how much uh, we're actually getting through through these, uh, through these yeah. episodes here. Thank you so much, Sorry, John, for being so on point. And Thank you. And um, let's see here. Amy, thank you so much for being here this week. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody, by the way, as well. <laughs> we should get that out there. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian, behind the scenes, thank you. And uh, remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing, so spend some time there. We'll see you next week. And, of course, I need to give a floataway ad. Before we wrap up, I just want to thank Floataway for sponsoring the show. Floataway makes tranquility, uh, float around, float cabins. They actually have a full spectrum of float tanks. They're constantly reinventing their devices, their float tanks, to make them absolutely superior float tanks. I shouldn't use that term. Um, I should restart. Uh, also, I want to give a thanks, a big thanks, to Floataway for sponsoring the show. Uh, Floataway makes the Tranquility float tank, float cabins, float arounds, all sorts of incredible, beautiful float tanks that are constantly being improved upon as well. So uh, you're always getting top-of-the-line float tanks. They're not resting on their laurels with their float tanks. So floataway.com is where you want to go to check them out. And aside from that, I think that's about it, guys. Thanks so much for this uh, uh, four-week span of uh, shorter episodes, and I hope everybody enjoyed their holidays. We certainly did. We're excited to catch everybody up on what we've been through uh, for the past past four weeks. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing, so spend some time there. We'll see you next week. 